All right, welcome to the Crown Council's Mentor of the Month podcast. I'm Stuart Anderson, and this is just a short introduction to this episode and the next series of episodes or interviews that Steve and I do with some of the past Crown Council's People Choice Award winners. So each year, the Crown Council gathers at our annual event, but before we gather, we create a place where dental teams and dentists can nominate, uh, vote, and be recognized at our awards program. Uh, the, the annual event is a place where the membership can come together to recognize the best. And these next few episodes, we're going to dig into some of the stories of those award winners. So at the 2022 annual event, we had some award winners that we recognized, brought up on stage, told their stories. Well, we're going to dig in a little uh, to their stories and, and why they were nominated and then why the membership voted to recognize them on stage. So you're going to learn their history and a few of the things about best doctor to work for, young dentist of the year, most innovative practice, team of the year, and the list goes on. So hopefully you enjoy the next little series of episodes as we learn from the best in the business. And that's what we're strong believers in, the philosophy of copying genius, the Mentor of the Month podcast is a perfect place to do that. So just sit back, uh, learn, and listen from some of the best in the industry as they teach you what they've been doing. All right, welcome to the Crown Council's Mentor of the Month podcast. I'm Stuart Anderson, joined by Steve Anderson. Welcome, Steve. Today. And we're joined today all the way from Alaska, Dr. Joe Baguette. Welcome, Joe. Well, hello, everybody. We are grateful to have you with us. And sticking with our theme, we are interviewing the award winners from the past annual event and uh, getting their thoughts and uh, kind of picking their brains on why they were recognized and what other offices to, can do to copy their genius. Uh, Joe and his team were recognized for the, their humanitarian work, and we're going to talk about that, uh, his passion for helping uh, and traveling and what their team does uh, to, to be part of a huge humanitarian initiative, which is... Uh, a great part of your culture. Uh, Joe, I've got a short bio that you gave to me. Hopefully you don't mind. I'm going to read it because it is good. This is good stuff. You ready? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Joe was raised a small rural community in New Jersey. And after graduating from High Point University in North Carolina in 1989, then attended Temple University Dental School, graduating in May of 93. Man, so from the East Coast, Joe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he then uh, he joined the Indian Health Services as a bush dentist in Bethel, Alaska for four years and enjoyed his experience flying over 22 weeks of the year taking care of native Alaskans. In 1997, he transferred to Anchorage uh, to the Alaska Native Medical Clinic and over the next three years was mentored in emergency hospital dentistry. This included many hours in the operating room with an oral surgeon and additional operating room time with pediatric cases. From there, he associated with Dr. Jim Libby, and from 1999 to 2006, that's where he became the co-owner of Alaska Premier Dental Group and Gentle Care Dental Center. Joe's, one of Joe's greatest accomplishments is becoming skilled in performing complex oral surgery, such as dental implant placement and bone augmentation, as well as offering Invisalign, so he can care for patients in all aspects of dentistry. His professional affiliations include Crown Council, <laughs> the yeah. American Dental Association, the Academy of General Dentistry, the Anchorage Dental Society, and the Alaskan Dental, Alaska Dental Society. 
He has also accompanied many colleagues on service trips to Nepal, Fiji, Peru, Dominican Republic, as well as a personal lifelong dream of a service trip to, the, to Vietnam. Uh, Joe has said, the reason I studied to become a dentist is because I love working with my hands and I love people. My goal is to put my patients at ease while providing them with exceptional service. Very good, Joe. Thank you. Hey, there yeah. he is. Is there anything else? Are we good? <laughs> We're good. <laughs> Maybe we can start there with how you got into dentistry. What, what kind of inspired you to move in this direction um, just from your, your early life? Sure. And it actually happened very early. Um, as a child, I had a dentist who was very dynamic. Um, it's so interesting. Um, he was such a great person and always seemed to be very happy. He had a wonderful family that lived on the same lake that my family lived on. And so everybody in the community looked up to him. And I always admired his, uh, his personality and just the um, quality of person that he was. And interestingly enough, coming full circle, after I became a dentist, I went back and talked with him and told him that he inspired me to be a dentist and learned a little bit more about his development. And interestingly enough, uh, he used coaches and uh, <laughs> has a very similar culture and um, uh, studied a lot of the same things that uh, Crown Council promotes. So it's pretty interesting how that came full circle for me um, as a dentist and, and looking back at the person that inspired me to do that. Very cool. Well, you started you started Crown Council right about the same time that I started working for Crown Council. We've kind of had our uh, journey together at all, right. the annual, all the annual events and all the things that we go to. So uh, it's obviously my pleasure to have you here today and grateful to have you part of the, the group, Crown Council in general. Um, Steve, Bye. you... I, yeah, I got a, a big question. This this one yeah. begs the question, how a boy from New Jersey and North Carolina <laughs> found himself as a bush dentist in Alaska. I mean, that that is about as big of a jump as you can make. So tell us the backstory and that, how that happened. Well, it's, it's actually pretty interesting um, and coincidental at the same time. So probably the baseline foundation of me wanting to pursue Alaska was that my grandfather installed the dew line uh, in Alaska, across Alaska, Canada, and Greenland, which is a series of um, radio telescopes that were set up from the gov by the government as a protective mechanism for incoming um, missiles or aircraft from uh, over the polar ice cap. And so he had slideshows and polar bear rugs and all kinds of crazy artifacts from Alaska that I got to see and look at and play on when I was a kid. And um, it always intrigued me to um, want to go to Alaska and definitely motivated me to eventually travel there. But the other thing that happened coincidentally when I was going through dental school, there was a popular show on TV called Northern Exposure. And it was a story about a, a physician who just graduated medical school. He was uh, he had a lot of student debt from the federal loans that you can take to go to school, which I had to do to get myself through school as well. And so he served an underpopulated area of Alaska to pay back his student loans. And that's 
So a, st a federal student loan repayment program, and that's exactly what I uh, pursued to uh, help me pay off my uh, my large large list of loans that I uh, required to get through school. That that also reminds me. I think there was a about the time you went up there, wasn't that still when that uh, there was a famous magazine called The Men of Alaska? Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, it was the magazine that was because there's a disproportionate number of at least it was at the time men in Alaska versus women and so some ingenious entrepreneur put together this magazine featuring all the men of Alaska and then circulated it in the lower 48 for aspiring brides. <laughs> That's funny I do remember that. So what did you learn as a bush dentist? Well um, I did over seven I was trying to calculate the amount of time that I spent in small places, um, over 7,000 hours in the seven years that I traveled with the Indian Health Service. And um, we basically landed with a small aircraft, usually a Cessna, um, just big enough for all of our dental equipment and, uh, and one assistant and the pilot. Sometimes we were loaded so heavy that the tail of the aircraft would be on the tarmac before we would start the engine. <laughs> oh, oh. And of course, we have lots of stories of, of flights and pre-flights, but I won't go there. Um, and anyway, uh, just it all started. The, the whole um, love for mission work, I think, was born from those many hours working with portable equipment and, um, and helping people in remote areas that had no ac other access to care and generating amazing relationships with those people um, over the years. Uh, it, it was great to go those to those places, but was it, what was even better was going back and, uh, mm -hmm. and rekindling those relationships that you had uh, uh, developed uh, from the first trip or the second trip. And uh, by the time I finished, I, I just had some amazing friends in all the places that I traveled. And I would land and uh, go eat every night at different houses and, and be invited to take steam baths. A lot of these places had no running water. So that was, if you wanted to bathe, that's how you had to do it. And, um, and so it was quite a remarkable introduction to uh, what would become my desire for mission work. And, and, uh, and luckily ended up with uh, working with Jim Libby, who also was very passionate uh, about well, in fact, I was going to ask you about that. We always say likes attract likes. That's right. I, I've, with with that background as the as the backstories, it is no surprise to me that you met the Libbies, that you uh, went into practice with them. Uh, their passion for humanitarian dentistry is well known in the Crown Council. We give Pam Libby the really the credit for starting the whole humanitarian effort that we have in the Crown Council. How did that, how did you, how did you all meet? It was very, very interesting. So <laughs> I, um, working for the Indian Health Service, we had a very large team in Anchorage. And um, one of the hygienists that worked for us was about my age. And um, she invited me to go out and meet her husband, who she thought we would uh, have a lot in common, and um, some other friends. Well, one of the friends that she had was the receptionist for Jim and Pam. Okay. And um, Jim and Pam challenged their team to find them a new associate. And uh, they, gave, they gave them a little prize if they found nice. one. 
Really? And, uh, and so she found me and uh, introduced me to Pam and Jim. And, uh, and actually, uh, over a session, three different meetings with Pam and Jim, um, I finally decided to just go ahead and, and uh, leave the Indian Health Service and, and, uh, and join their team. I really knew, uh, knew right from the beginning that uh, they were exceptional people. And interestingly enough, Jim was born and raised in a bush village, uh, not even maybe 150 miles tops from where I was working. So he was born and raised in that type of atmosphere. And so we had so much in common uh, from just that. It was quite a blessing. Um, it was a, probably one of the best professional decisions I've ever made. Love it. That, I love, I love the team chat. Do you know what the prize was for recruiting you? Jim and Pam had, um, had purchased a timeshare in Cabo. Oh. And so, so the person got a full week's stay at their timeshare in Cabo. In January. <laughs> and, and this person had a big family. She had, I think four kids and a husband. Mm. So six wow. of them got to go to Cabo for a week. Mm. So they they uh, they definitely appreciated that. that. Awesome. It's it's only funny because there's always uh, an email that goes out along the email network asking if anyone knows of an associate. To hear now, uh, Dennis was offering an entire week's stay in Cabo. Uh -oh. Maybe an email is not yeah. going to cut it. <laughs> yeah. that, I love that he got. Yeah, the whole Jim gets results. Just, <laughs> yep, Jim gets results. <laughs> Very Sorry cool. to cut you off there, Steve. No, it's all good. Every I love putting the whole team to work to to find the solution. Every everybody search, love it. In fact, uh, Brian, Doctor Brian Kruchowski, um, was I believe found the same way from the same person. Really? Uh, yeah, he was working for the Indian Health Service in a, in a slightly different branch, um, and uh, was introduced through the same person to Jim, and uh, yeah, it was it was uh, interesting the parallels on how we ended up at Jim's office. Love it. Hey, Joe, any stories stand out from your time before you met Jim? Anything? I, you've got to have some incredible uh, experiences. Any, any any standout that might be fun to share? Oh, so this is an interest, probably the one of the most interesting things that happened um, was I, and it's a, and a short enough to be able to just say it on this program, um, we would fly to these village trip on these village trips, typically in the winter. And uh, because then the airstrips were frozen and you didn't have problems with potholes and mud and other big issues, especially when you're transporting 600 pounds of dental equipment. So we would always try to do it in the winter time and we would have to pack all of our anesthetic in our pockets of our parka so they wouldn't freeze because if the anesthetic froze, it wouldn't work. So we had all these little tricks and you would, there was, the airport was a hangar. It was basically a steel building in the middle of nowhere. And you were dependent on um, a snowmobile showing up with a, a local to, with a sled on the back to ferry all your equipment back. And inevitably you'd be waiting there for hours before they would finally show up. Anyway, one time we had a pretty big storm. And uh, it was blowing. It was like probably over 40 knots of wind and we were still flying in it. And, um, and so we, when we landed, the plane actually did a 360, completely spun around on the airstrip. And it was funny, um, this happened to be, um, we uh, were flying in, but 
um, on a charter. So we owned the plane coming in, but it was flying back out with other people. So there were other people lined up to get on the plane. And so as soon as they saw that, <laughs> as soon as we ferried up to the hangar, all the, everyone else left. <laughs> they all went back home. <laughs> How are they going on now? <clears throat> Well, maybe, uh, Joe, maybe you can tell us today uh, a little bit about your dental team now, the where you live, uh, where you work now, where you live, and, and how your dental team works now. Sure. Well, um, after, so uh, Brian Krichowski and I, and another dentist purchased uh, Jim's practice, um, I believe that was about 16 years ago or 17 years ago, and um, after working with Jim for almost seven years. And I think Brian for almost 10 years with him and uh, we have, we bought two, so we have two offices in Anchorage and one in Wasilla. Wasilla is about 40 minutes outside of Anchorage and that's the town that I live in. Um, uh, it's, they're great communities. Uh, there's actually a lot of dentists up here. Um, believe it or not, you would think Alaska's out in the middle of nowhere and there's not very much access to care, but um, in Anchorage itself, Anchorage proper, there's actually a, a, a fair amount of uh, other dentists. And so uh, Jim taught Brian and I to work with coaches and, uh, and be a part of Crown Council and uh, um, over the years have utilized all that information to actually, I think, um, make a great uh stance in our community. Um, we are known for our mission work. We're known for our community help um, and pro different projects that we work with with the community um, and support. Um, we do go to a number of fundraisers uh, in, in our community. And so, um, and we're also known for uh, training uh, teams uh, very well in our community. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I know one of the things that you guys were interested in understanding about were um, the type of people that we find to work for our, our team. Um, we uh, tend, we have found over the years that we like training people from the ground up. And it's interesting, um, a lot of people that come from other offices, um, we find ourselves having to untrain them so much <laughs> that uh, it usually gets them frustrated and they don't like working uh, and having to change or modify how they are used to working. Um, it's really interesting to me how many people come from other offices and, you know, they're, I hate to say it, but, you know, assistants are basically spit suckers. Uh, they don't do anything outside of that realm and they don't want to. And uh, so we, um, our, our teammates are usually well positioned in our and as part of our team and they do um part of the treatment planning they they help present treatment um even our hygienist uh our uh, portion of that as well and so sometimes uh people just you know they want to be stuck in their little niche and only do what they think that is um their orientation based on their job description so it's uh, pretty interesting your, Can I answer uh, your question? Yeah, very good. <laughs> a lot along those lines, and I, you know, I know you learned a lot from the Libbies. You're a huge fan of mentors. I know um, Jim became not only a big mentor, but a very, very close personal friend, even after you guys bought the practice. If you were to, to 
characterize the biggest takeaways that they taught you or that you learned from them? What would be on top of your list? Um, on top of my list, and interestingly enough, I think I kind of got this before, but no question, uh, Jim, one of his pearls to me was, take care of your patients and they'll take care of you. Yeah. And um, I live that every second of every minute of every day. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely attribute that to my professional success. Um, Jim had an, a, an amazing quality of connecting with people in a short amount of time. And it's so interesting. I've known Jim in gr other groups outside of dentistry. And that is the one thing that everyone recognized about him was that he could connect with you um, at an intimate level with such authenticity that you could not, um, you couldn't, it would almost was not startling, but it was so apparent that it was special. It, it set him apart. And, um, and I definitely, um, I can only hope that I live up to that type of uh, a personality. I'm not trying to measure myself up to Jim, but um, that's something that I definitely um, possessed, I think, before I um, knew Jim and, and now Jim mentored that and into knowing that that was super, that's a super special uh, thing to possess for sure. Yeah, they, uh, they built a great practice and, and you guys have continued to build on that and have created a dominant presence in your community. Uh, from the day I met the Libbies years ago um, and this, you have carried on this habit um, they really appreciated the value of a coach, a good coach. Ever since I met him, they were working with one. You guys have, have for years worked with our tops coaching team for you. Give us the why behind that. It's just like, it's just like playing sports as a kid. Um, <laughs> coaches bring you to the next level. They pull things out of you that you don't know exist. Um, they help propel you to go to places where you probably wouldn't be able to do it on your own. And, um, and especially working with, uh, not only working with a coach, but working with all the other teams that work with the coach. Uh, in this case with Crown Council, uh, there's so much you can learn from just the being around the other teams. Um, it's really, uh, it's interesting and it's an interesting concept when you think about that aspect of it too. Um, every year when we go to the crown council program, it's not always what we learn from the crown council. Um, but also what you learn from sitting at dinner with, uh, another team. And, uh, um, I've become great friends with many other people from around our country and even our world, I would say, um, just by being there. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I can't, it's interesting when you come out of dental school, you get this mindset. It's like, okay, I know everything now. Now I just need to go work and uh, <laughs> nothing could be further from the truth. And now it's like, I looking back, I'm, I'm at the twilight of my career. And it's like, I, um, I can't imagine not wanting to learn, not wanting to continue to be coached or work with coaches. And uh, um, yeah. One of our coaches our, uh, that Jim worked with uh, right from the beginning, one of his uh, phrases was, if you're not learning, you're dying. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a very accurate uh, way to and simple way to say it. 
um because it's a never-ending process what an example uh maybe a moment of truth for you that you feel comfortable sharing that uh maybe you've picked up along the way from your tops coaches because uh, there's a lot of interaction there uh, that yes. what maybe what was one of the realizations that you may or may not have figured out or been challenged to do otherwise one of the things that i told i truly believe in and have i think it's part of who i am but also um i love the way that the coaching taught our team this principle and and pulled it out and brought it to another level was um, meeting people where they're at. Um, I think uh, being authentic, you know, authenticity is part of that. Um, But, you know, listening to what somebody is actually needing and wanting. And sometimes that's not what they're verbalizing. Sometimes that's, you have to listen to what they're saying and really understand their big picture presence or where the, the position they're in to be understanding their motivation and understanding um, what they're truly looking for. And some people have a really hard, hard or difficult time articulating that. But when you want to know them as a friend and want to help them, I think it's easy to um, pierce through that armor and understand it easier. And so that, again, that was one of the traits Jim had that was so special and it was so easy for him to do and um and i it's it's um through coaching uh, i think it's been easier to train our team to look for that instead of you know in dental school they tell us okay well you check the teeth and you you write down what's what's wrong and then you tell your patient what they need and then uh, and then start doing it and uh <laughs> it's not that way at all you know it's just uh so, um, and trying to teach a new associate that that's just graduated dental school can be very tough. So um, that's one of the very big gifts that our um, coaches have that they're able to mentor to our, our team very quickly, I think, um, through um, how they articulate it and how they uh, show us through exercises. And, uh, and uh, that's probably it, Steve. Yeah, sounds, it sounds simple and to get all the team on the same page to make it happen takes some coordination and some work. Yes, it does. Very good. Joe, maybe we can uh, talk for a minute about your, you know, we have shared quite a bit about what your office does to do good. Maybe explain your, your strategy in the practice for doing good, your mission trips, what you hope, why you do them, why you spend so much time and effort behind them. And then uh, we can kind of follow up with questions from there. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to try not to get emotional because <laughs> um, missions, you guys saw at the program, it can make me very emotional. Um, it's all so mission work is charity. The definition of charity is love. And when you put yourself in a position to <clears throat> give charity, miraculous things happen. And um, it's interesting, I never really felt it doing my job as a bush dentist, because I knew it was my job. Um, It was my what I was hired to do. But when I um, volunteered my time, and went to uh, places and um, 
provided charity, it's like, um, it, I give an analogy, it's almost like climbing a mountain. The more effort that you put into and the harder work that you put into the charity, the more, um, and I hate to explain it like this, but um, the more spiritual reward you receive in your heart, it's kind of hard. It's really hard to understand, but if you've done charity, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And, um, and it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty special thing. I think it's a God thing. Um, uh, it's miraculous to me. Um, you can be in the hottest, dankiest dirt floor place with someone that needs something that's very complex. Um, and, and there's a whole line of other people ready for more complex things. And um, you're hungry. Um, you're, you might even be sick, but you're helping them. And by the end of the day, you're like high-fiving all your, all your buddies that are there with you. And, uh, and it just gives you such a sense of purpose and uh, just this incredible feeling. It's like summiting a mountain. And, um, and it just once you experience and taste that you always want to do do it again and uh, uh so i want the people around me to have that experience and um so that they can taste that and hopefully it's been interesting just like you would think anybody that has tasted it um they want more of it too and it's uh i think it's a, a human a human nature thing um <laughs> you wish you know i wish sometimes you could round up a bunch of guys that are in prison and and have them experience that it might be that might be the best resource for them to change their life um anyway so that's a little glimpse of one aspect of uh why um mission work is so uh important to us very cool in addition to that, Joe, if you were going to distill the Alaska Premier secret sauce, uh, just, you know, the, the few key ingredients that really may have made the most difference uh, and continue to make the most difference, give us the ingredients. Give us the recipe. <laughs> take care of people and they'll take care of you or your patients will take care of you. Um, and that even goes for teammates. Um, to always be authentic and to authentically care for your patients. Um, I think, I think those key principles are the foundation of our success. If you were, uh, going back, if you were going to start all over today, coming out of the bush, <laughs> knowing what you know now. What would you do? What would you do the same? What would you do different? <laughs> you know what? I know the answer to that. I would do everything the same. Yep. <laughs> exactly, right. exactly the same. And I'm so, at the twilight of my career, um, I am so excited to be able to say that. Um, I truly am. I'm so blessed to be able to say that. Very cool. Excellent. Joe, maybe, what's one thing, Joe, that you wish you would have known that you know now that you'd go back and share with young Joe? <laughs> that, uh, that your whole career will be full of learning and, um, 
uh, open, always open your mind to new, fresh ideas. Um, I still, um, I have a, a, a tendency to be a little stubborn. And uh, sometimes I get caught up still in the principles that I know are right. And sometimes it's just a blessing to open your mind and listen to fresh ideas or another person's perspective. Um, it's interesting that we have a number of new associates. And so it's always interesting to learn what they're learning in school. And sometimes those things completely challenge what you were taught. And so it challenges the foundation of, of what you know to be right. And so then you're like, well, maybe it's not right anymore if that's what they're teaching in, in school, you know, um, it's kind of funny. And, and it's not, I'm not talking about big, big things. They're just little tiny, tiny little things, but it's still big to me when you have to swallow your pride and say, you know what, maybe I need to change my perspective on this a little bit. Very cool. Hey, thank you for uh, one, for taking the time to share with us. Uh, and number two, uh, most importantly, for just such a great example that you all continue to set, not only in your community, but for the entire Crown Council for dentistry at large. It's, uh, you may be in the great white north in kind of a remote part of the planet, but man, the light shines bright. Mm -hmm. And uh, of everything that you're doing all over the world to make, <clears throat> to do good and to make a huge difference. Very inspiring. And uh, every time that the Alaska premiere is, is uh, honored on stage, and it's been a number of times over the years, it's because of all of those great things you do that make such a huge, huge difference. So thank you for your great thank example. You, Joe. Brian, my, uh, you know, I have to say my partnership uh, with, uh, Dr. Brian Krachowski and Dr. Clark uh, Bassam, um, they are uh, equals to me when it comes to all these principles and beliefs. And um, I, I wish they could be right here on either side of me right now. Um, they are, uh, but uh, in, a, in a, a spiritual sense. But um, yeah, they've been phenomenal partners in all of this and uh, how fortunate I am to be associated with them for sure. And, and thanks a lot for all that you guys do. You guys definitely inspire us and push us to do things at another level for, for sure. And, uh, and uh, I can't imagine uh, having my career without you, Steve. Um, you've been inspirational and uh, have mentored me in many different ways and my family um, for that matter. So thank you for all that uh, you, you both do for Crown Council and for uh, all the dentists that participate. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this Mentor of the Month podcast sponsored by Crown Council. This is just one tool available to the Crown Council membership that helps dental teams build a culture of success. That's our mission and purpose is to provide a place for dental teams to come together and learn the skills needed to develop your most valuable asset, the people those people who work in your practice. As always, if you're interested in being part of this group or want more information about the tools available to the membership, go to www.crowncouncil.com or call us 1-800-276-9658. Thanks.